Good afternoon and welcome to Ask ACES. We just finished an exciting chat with Dr. Karina Van Riper, an assistant professor in the Department of Natural Resources and Environmental Sciences here in the College of ACES at the University of Illinois. Today we're going to discuss the psychology of behavior change in park and protected areas. What can conservation psychology do to help minimize environmental impacts? Thank you for the question. I, uh, I do identify as a conservation psychologist, which is an area of study that falls under the umbrella of the environmental social sciences. And I think the discipline has a lot to offer, uh, particularly related to understanding human behavior. So conservation psychologists often ask questions about different kinds of psychological processes that shape individual decisions in natural resource management contexts. And, and people are pretty complex, right? So I think we need to take into consideration the, the, the vast array of different processes that are shaping decisions and, and use that information to, to help solve complex resource management problems. I think one other contribution from the, the discipline is related to public involvement in decisions. So uh, one of the keys to solving complex resource management problems is to, to get people involved in the decision-making process and to help them feel as though their voice is represented in policy change. And I think with information from conservation psychology, we can understand what's make, making people tick. What is it that's shaping individual decisions and, and how can resource management agencies or, or other decision makers take this information and show that they're considering public interests and, and trying to incorporate that public voice into uh, policy change. So, so I think conservation psychology has a, a lot to offer um, related to, to behavior change and um, long-term success of, of policy outcomes. It sounds like a very exciting field. How can resource management agencies use this information? That's a great question, um, in part because I really value applied research outcomes. I think that there are lots of interesting theoretical questions to ask about behavior change, but the thing that really gets me up in the morning is um, making change in the way that um, public lands and related spaces are managed. So I, th I think asking about applied outcomes from a, a field is really important. So I think this area of public involvement in decision making can um, provide some valuable tools, um, insights for resource management agencies that are charged with pr protection of natural lands, for instance. And agencies can use this information to minimize social conflict. So if there's some sort of contested resource management situation, you can look to multiple disciplines within the environmental social sciences, um, such as conservation psychology, to um, engage and empower stakeholders and um, enhance the, the sort of shared identities of, of people that are most affected by, by policy change. A lot of agencies look to the social sciences for guidance on how to improve educational outreach. What other pieces of information can be gleaned from the social sciences? Yeah, so a lot of agencies do look to the social sciences for guidance on um, educational outreach programs, and I think that we all have a lot to offer on this front. In my opinion, the key to behavior change is not only looking to, or not only looking to um, what has been termed cognitive fixes to change behavior. There's an author named uh, Thomas Heberlein. He was an environmental social psychologist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison for majority of his career. And he put forth, I think, this really innovative framework that's centered on, say, three legs of a stool. Uh, there's a cognitive fix, which relates to education. There's also a structural fix, 
which is something like uh, a policy or a rule or regulation. And then there's a technological fix, uh, which is some kind of um, innovation in, t- in technology that can provide al- alternatives for people that may be affecting the environment. So there are alternatives to, um, to education, and I think that's key. So it's, it's all about mixing and, and, and matching these different kinds of tactics. We can look to cognitive fixes, structural fixes, and, and technological fixes to change behavior. And it's really important that agencies and um, people that are interested in, in behavior change consider the, the long-term effects of whatever outreach programs might be in place to, to change behaviors. We were to design an ed- educational outreach program, change the behavior over an extended period, then we could establish a social norm. And with social norms, we can trust that the behavior will Will, will be sustained, right? So we can remove that policy or, or remove the technological innovation um, and, and see that people are still acting in an environmentally friendly way. So sort of a long-winded response, but I think that um, the social sciences have a lot to offer when it comes to informing educational outreach and also um, thinking about how to change behaviors through various uh, avenues, such as uh, technological fixes and structural fixes. So from your perspective, What are some of the most pressing environmental problems here in the state of Illinois versus the United States? Well, I think that a lot of the resource and recreation management challenges facing the state of Illinois are similar to challenges facing uh, the United States and and even at a a global scale. My perspective is it's very much shaped by my personal history and the kind of professional lens that I use to ask uh, research questions. And so um, given my own personal interests and, and bias, I, I tend to ask questions about management of aquatic systems because I care very much about marine environments and, and freshwater ecosystems. With that in mind, I think one of the most pressing challenges facing the state of Illinois is management uh, of uh, aquatic resources. There are some really special places uh, across the state that are challenges such as management of invasive species. Uh, So I think that if there were issues to prioritize from a resource management uh, perspective, aquatic invasive species would be at the top of my list. And as for a global scale, I I think, um, although I I don't do any research um, at the moment related to uh, global climate change, I think this is clearly uh, one of the the biggest challenges facing environmental management and on a, a global scale. Energy development is the largest contributor to global greenhouse gas emissions. And I think that the social sciences can um, bring a lot to the table. They can offer an important perspective on how individual behaviors are contributing to uh, global climate change through uh, energy practices. Um, I think this is an issue that can be prioritized within the social sciences and, and across multiple disciplines. I think that we need to take an interdisciplinary approach and look to disciplines such as conservation psychology, um, political science, environmental anthropology, human geography, all of those neat social science disciplines that can um, be combined with perspectives from engineering, biological sciences, and, and other um, sources of information to solve these really complex and huge problems, uh, such as global climate change. So how can we most effectively change behaviors to address these challenges? Well, I think that, you know, there are a number of tools 
that can be used uh, to, to change behaviors. In addition to the fixes that I mentioned earlier, educational solutions, policy-related solutions, and different technologies, um, we can look to social norms. I think that social norms are really, really powerful. Um, if you can, in some way, create a context that activates normative processes, that, uh, or in other words, um, you can create a situation that uh, causes social pressure um, and that indu induces feelings of guilt and worry and pride, you'll see that people will be most likely to, to change their behavior and, and adapt to the situation as necessary. So I think that uh, normative processes uh, are really, really promising when it comes to uh, behavior change. Many messages about the environment appeal to people's emotions rather than their heads. Which is more effective and why? Yeah, so uh, this is something I, I think a lot about because uh, conservation psychology deals with both emotions or affect and um, cognition. So what, what's going on inside people's heads? And I think the key is to appeal to both. I think too much of an emphasis on uh, emotions can be detrimental um, in part because people will sort of shut down, uh, feel like they can't make a difference, and, and, and not take action or not, not change their behavior. Research on fear arousal, for instance, suggests that when people get scared, they tend to ignore information. And so uh, I think we need to not place too much of an emphasis on um, emotions and create a sort of crisis situation, but rather enable people and um, help them see that their, their actions will make change. I guess in short, we need to appeal to emotions and then also understand cognitions as well. Um, understand the, the kinds of, uh, the, the type of knowledge or level of knowledge that people have um, and, and appeal to that in, in addition to emotion. So what resources could you recommend for people who want to learn more about environmental social sciences? Yeah, so I think um, this book by Tom Haberlein that I mentioned is uh, just a terrific resource. It's one of my favorite books. It's called Navigating Environmental Attitudes, uh, and it's written for a lay audience, but it's a nice synthesis of his research program. So I'd certainly recommend uh, folks check out that resource. Additionally, there are a number of professional organizations and associations, uh, societies that can provide opportunities for scientists um, and uh, resource managers to become part of a professional community um, and, um, and learn more about the environmental social sciences. I'll highlight two. The first is called the George Wright Society on Parks, Protected Areas, and Cultural Sites. And this is a really neat organization um, focused primarily on management of, um, of public lands across the world. There's another organization called the International Association on Society and Natural Resources. And this organization is more academically oriented than the George Wright Society, but I think offers terrific opportunities for um, engagement in various capacities um, for folks that are interested in the relationships that form between people and their environments. Great. Well, we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us for Ask ACES today. It's such an exciting uh, field of research, and we're really glad that you're part of our college. Thank you very much.